Welcome, welcome, welcome to our very first ever real estate podcast. Uh, we are going to do all sorts of cool stuff this year. We're going to teach you guys about FHA loans. We're going to teach you how to build a multi-million dollar digital media empire. But we figure first things first, we are going to start with a fantastic topic. Uh, it's going to be how to find success as a brand new agent in real estate. I got my special guest with me, Preston Hoke. Preston, who are you? Tell us about yourself. Oh, man. Excited to be on this podcast. I think I'm the very first guest appearance here, Tyler. It's the very first podcast. Oh, We're 10 yeah, seconds yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm Preston. I uh, joined Tyler back in July of 2022, but I've been doing a facet of real estate for going on 10 years in October. So. Excited to be here, excited to talk about how to find success as a brand new agent uh, and bring you guys some good content, some good value into uh, how to find success as a brand new agent. Why don't you, uh, before we kind of jump into this, um, Preston, why don't you give us a little bit of background on you and how you sort of started? Because you were a little bit unconventional. A lot of people, um, they've seen other people have success as a real estate agent. They get their license. They try to figure out how to do it, but that wasn't quite your journey. So where did you start? How did it all begin for you? Yeah, so I started back in 2013. Uh, I was a construction superintendent for Challenger Homes. I had long hair, was building houses, and I uh, thought I did a pretty good job at that. So I went over to what we would call the dark side at that time, which was selling houses for Challenger Homes um, and New Homestar, which is a great company I was formerly with, and sold quite a bit of homes for those guys. And Started to learn the process, learn the ropes, kind of learn the tricks of the trade, and then, uh, you know, went into a management side of things to help manage builders such as Challenger Homes out in Houston, Texas, and then uh, it was way too hot out there, and I couldn't ski out there, so I figured I better get back to my home state of Colorado and my hometown of Colorado Springs, and Tyler was doing his thing and having success at what he was doing, and, you know, he, uh, he invited me over, and I toured the Springs Realty and seen, saw everything that they had to offer, and... Uh, decided to jump aboard into general real estate, so it's pretty fun. It's been it's been fun for so far for sure. Perfect. So I mean, you've kind of an expert in both new construction, having built actual homes before, in the sales side of new construction, in the management side of new construction. So you've onboarded brand new agents and sort of trained them, and then you've also learned. Um, some different things as far as the general real estate side. You've been monumental in helping us at Springs Realty um, with some of the integrations and workflow and how to operate as a well-oiled machine, which is super cool. Um, me, my path was a little bit more uh, traditional, I suppose. I started as a general real estate agent in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, like a lot of people do, I started part-time. I was waiting tables full-time, DJing weddings, um, and I think I sold four houses my first year, but I four. worked really, really, really hard to four, juggle, uh, juggle all that. A lot of part-timers don't really have success till they jump in full-time. Um, my, uh, I guess experience was very similar. I decided I didn't want to get established in Ohio. I wanted to do real estate full-time. So I moved out to Colorado, um, packed everything I had in my Jeep, drove out to stay on a buddy's couch for about a month and a half. And that's where I uh, ended up meeting Preston. I got a job as a builder rep. Um, I found that was going to be my path to success because I didn't have a sphere of influence. So it's real hard to sell houses if you don't know anybody. Um, I figured that out in Denver too. 
before I jumped in as a builder rep, I got my first clients and we went and put a bid in for a house. It was up for auction for one day. I thought we put in a really strong offer. Uh, we got last place. I found out out of 34 <laughs> offers and I was like, I am not in Columbus, Ohio oh, anymore. Man, that's so, good. Yeah. I figured, uh, I needed, uh, you know, a little more training, the people to come to me. So I jumped in as a builder rep for about six years. Um, did a, something similar as Preston kind of traveled around with the company and did some more managerial type tasks and then decided, um, you know, I'd rather be my own boss and start my own company. So started this very, very lucky to have Preston though. Um, so we both had different experiences, but have we both found success in sales. Um, Preston and I have both sold triple digit houses, you know, several times over, um, and have had experience training people as well. Um, so I think we're pretty well versed on how to talk about this. Um, want to kind of start it off with how to not be a statistic. I mean, it's a fact that this is a dog eat dog industry, mm-hmm. eight out of 10 small businesses fail, but the statistic is a lot higher for, um, realtors. It's 87% of people who get their real 87? estate license, 87%. So almost nine out of 10 people who get the real estate license are going to quit. Um, whether it's, um, something of them not having the, um, kind of discipline to be their own boss and how to function their own day, whether they're scared to get out of their comfort zone and do some things that are unfamiliar to them, um, whether they spend too much money on the wrong things and go bankrupt. I mean, there's all <laughs> sorts of different things that can um, happen and why you're not going to be successful. Um, but we're going to kind of give you a roadmap on some different things that we've done, which has helped us to not only be in this industry 10 years later, um, but be thriving with a growing real estate company where we're leading and training other people and helping them find success too. Yeah, I agree. And I think ultimately, first thing first, it comes down to choosing the right brokerage, right? There's hundreds of them out there. You got the big guys, you know, Keller Williams and Coldwell Banker and people of that nature. But I think ultimately what it comes down to you is what you're looking for in the brokerage and then also what the brokerage can also deliver to you as a brand new agent, right? Whether it's lead generation, whether it's training, especially as a brand new agent in this industry, it's so hard. You just heard Tyler talk about, about the, the failure rate as brand new agents. And so if you don't have that family fill or that back or that backing behind a brokerage that can help you through these trials and tribulations of the things that Tyler just spoke about, spoke about, I think is, is instrumental in helping you grow your career, whether it be you're a day one agent or even agents who've been doing it for 25 years, having that brokerage behind you that supports you in the decisions that you make and can help you, whether it's monetarily, whether it's emotionally, whether it's working through a tough deal that you just came into on a VA assumable loan or whatever it may be in this crazy market right now, you know, right? Having those people that are in your corner and you knowing what you want uh, long term out of what your what your real estate career would be is ultimately how you should t- determine your brokerage first start. But ultimately for me, you know, joining with Tyler, it was that it was a strong foundation. We had a good war chest and a good monetary support backing in terms of what we were looking to do and growing this thing out to where Tyler can help me and he can help me or I can help him. And then helping newer agents come on, I think is ultimately what it came down for me. So Springs Realty, man, they're a shameless plug here. If you need a, if you need a brokerage, Springs Realty is where to go. I love it. Um, yeah. Big thing when you're choosing a, a brokerage is kind of understanding what you're looking for. Um, and then your mindset at the end of the day, you can't teach drive. You can't teach discipline. A lot of people, um, you know, they get told when they're going to interview with a brokerage, you're interviewing them. They're not interviewing you. Um, 
it's just going to, you're looking for who's going to be a good culture fit for you. Who's going to give you kind of, um, what you need. If you're kind of dipping your toes in, you know, part-time and getting a feel for it, um, maybe you want to go somewhere where they have, um, big, robust, um, you know, trainings like a Caldwell banker or a Keller Williams, where they can give you kind of this jump start to give you a really good foundation. Um, I started my career at, um, Caldwell banker and, I, I remember they would make me do things that were uncomfortable for me. We would have call nights and I would go in and they're like, you're going to call people for the next half hour. And I was like, I have no idea who to call. Like who am I? So I'd like go into this little room. I start like calling my friends and stuff and they're all 24 years old. None of them are buying houses. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like trying to figure this out. Um, you got to kind of just flounder a little bit and learn through um, failure and, your journey is going to take you different places. Um, agents typically have about a two-year attrition rate at any given brokerage. Um, I've learned enough and seen enough. We're trying to build a culture where we're at, um, where it's going to be people will stick around a lot longer than that because it's awesome. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going in and you're like, hey, I, I want leads. I did that up in Denver. I interviewed for a company where they set you on appointments and you go around places and sell houses and I went in there, I was a kid from Ohio, I was 26 years old, just moved to Denver. And they were like, do you like know anything about the city? And I was like, not really. And they were like, we don't just hire anybody. And I was like, all right, well, it's your guys' loss, man. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how was to do it. you sold four homes or was that after? No, that was homes? when I came here before I jumped into yeah. new construction. Um, yeah, Denver's a big city, man. That was that was tough. I remember I, uh, I worked at P.F. Chang's for six years and I needed some extra cash. So I interviewed at a P.F. Chang's out here and they're like, yeah, we're not hiring servers. We're way overstaffed. I was like, I've been doing this at P.F. Chang's for six years. They're like, yeah, we don't care. They're like, you can be a cook if you want. I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not what's in my future. I think I I heard you say uncomfortability. I think that's a huge thing for it. We were calling people the other day and uh, I don't know how many phone calls that of people that didn't pick up and the ones that did pick up right immediately, it was a hang up or something like that. And then we were role playing. And I think uncomfortability when you get into this is huge, man. Like you're learning a ton of different things and scared to jump into these opportunities because you've never had to call cold call anyone, right? You may have been, uh, you know, doing taxes or something like that for your previous job where you necessarily didn't have to cold call anyone. And the first time you cold call someone, I got an email the other day from some lady who was very nice about it and told me to never contact her again with about eight exclamation points. So, you know, it's fun. It's fun learning that sort of stuff and getting uncomfortable. I've been reading this book lately and as old, old a dodge goes is if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Right. And so putting people in those places to where they are uncomfortable, whether it's cold calling nights, whether it's door knocking, right? We've all done that sort of stuff, but I think getting someone out there is what's truly going to make you be successful in this real estate as a young agent, or even if you've been doing it for 25 years, you yeah. know, there's, there's opportunity at any brokerage you go to, you just have to look for it. And you have to accept the fact that, you know, if you want to be the one out of every 10 that succeed, you're going to be out of balance for a little while. Uh, if you're competing against agents who've been doing this for 10 years and selling, you know, um, 50, a hundred plus running teams, you know, selling lots of houses, they have a lot more knowledge than you do. Um, so you have to be, have the mindset I'm going to put in this work and I'm going to work harder than them. And that's going to be my advantage. And I'm going to work until my idols become my rivals. So if you're coming into this thinking, you know, I got my full-time job, um, maybe I'll do an open house every once in a while, or, you know, maybe I'll try to send out some, a blast on my community Facebook page or things like that. It's, it's not going to work for you. You have to understand that this is a full-time job and there's somebody out there who's brand new, who has nothing better to do than work on real estate 
all day, every day. So if you're not willing to put in that kind of effort, you're not going to beat them and you're not going to find success in this industry. I remember I found a guy, a couple mentors at my first brokerage, um, and mentors are going to be huge for you. One of them did bank owns. So he always had this big whiteboard of all these different vacant properties. And I would be like, all right, I'm going to do these three on Saturday, these two on Sunday. Can I hold them open? He would let me every single time. Had another agent who let me kind of shadow some appointments with him so I could learn from him. Um, and then he'd kind of throw me some rental leads and stuff like that, uh, stuff that he didn't want to deal with. And at the end of the day, it was just getting me comfortable with working with the consumer. We've got a couple of, um, you know, younger licensees who are in their teens and we're trying to set them up for success too, with some of those things like working rental leads, um, looking for some investment type opportunities for us, things where they're going to get experience learning the industry as well as working with the consumer. Because if you're somebody with no experience, um, don't know what you're doing and you're going to come in here and, you know, try to sell a house for somebody who it's their third time selling a house. I mean, you're, you don't know what you don't know. And you're going to look like a deer in the headlights and the consumer is going to have more knowledge and experience than you. And if that's the case, it's not a good situation for you to be in. So just get out of balance, do things that are uncomfortable until your comfort zone expands and everything becomes your comfort zone. You know, uncomfortability, you know, one thing Tyler was talking about, I make it easy Four words, grind, hustle, eat, <laughs> repeat pretty easy but you know we're talking about uncomfortability again i think one of those things is shedding the ego i know when i came into this business or even when i came into the general real estate portion part of it i thought i knew everything out there you know i i and my vast knowledge only extended to new home construction right and so when i came into this thing on board with springs realty and was learning from a bunch a bunch of really smart guys and gals out there in the world, I really had to shed the ego, right? I had this toughened skin on my back that was like, oh, I'm the best out there. I've sold a ton of homes in new construction. I've built homes. I know how to do everything, right? But no, when I, I, fa I quickly, very quickly learned that when I came into here, I had to shed the ego and really dive down deep into it and learn. Continuing education was huge for me that, you know, all these title companies put on around in around Colorado Springs or even uh, your local real estate board, right? Those things are huge because you get all these people who've been doing it for years and years and years that are teaching these classes and you can go in there and just be a sponge and absorb it, you know, and then you take that stuff, you use it in the real world and then you're starting to grind, eat, sleep, repeat, baby, and you're learning after there. So I think, you know, those are other things that are, that are instrumental in helping you be successful in this world along with like things like time blocking tracking data, you know, so making sure that if you're at an open house and you have two or three or zero people that came in, jot that down on your notepad, build an Excel spreadsheet, take an Excel 101 class so you can start to track that stuff because data tracking and trend tracking in this business is very, very vital. If you're a new agent and you know, you're successful in the first three, whatever, one through five years, and you're starting to plan out, you know, your financials and things like that, and you're growing your family and you want to go buy a new car. If you know that the month of November is going to be slow for you, a month of December is going to be slow for you, and you have data to prove that, then that's huge for you. But if you're just out there operating willy nilly, like, oh, I think December might be slow, or I think it might be fast for me, then there, there's no real way for you to plan in this business. And that's what a lot of agents are seeing nowadays is, you know, we came through this COVID spiral where everyone was making a whole heck ton of a lot of money because they were selling a lot of houses. But then, you know, the market's starting to flatten off and get a little bit more back to normal. The months of supply are back to, you know, 
starting to get back to normal and they don't really know how much money they're going to make or how many clients they're going to see or how many, you know, open houses they're going to attend because they've just been operating without that sort of data. So I think that's very, very huge, you know, in helping you be successful going forward along with a lot of the things that Tyler's talking about too. Yeah. And getting, getting back to the basics and things like that. I know we kind of touched on open houses, some door knocking, stuff like that. So what we call them is spinning plates. Um, what they sort of teach you in this industry is that you figure out some different plates that you want to spin um, and which ones work for you. You can't spin all the plates. Otherwise they're always going to fall down. Um, and if you don't spin enough plates then you're not going to have enough um, food. So a lot of people they're scared. I know some super, super successful real estate agents. They're never going to door knock. They're never going to cold call in their life, but there's a lot of other things that they do really well. So Preston, what are some different things you can kind of do in this industry in order to help you find success that we can give these new agents or somebody who's thinking about getting licensed an idea of some things that they can try to do consistently to help them find success in real estate? Um, you know, speaking from my personal experience, what I found super successful was things like YPNs or other associations like that, getting plugged in with lenders that are doing different things and going to these marketing events, whether it's a new builder here in town that's hosting a realtor event or things like that. Really what the name of the game is, right, is not, in terms of getting your name out there, it's not necessarily quality, but as much as it is quantity, right? Getting your name out there, hey, I'm Preston or John Smith with whatever real estate company. I think getting your name out there at any of the one of these associations, whether it's people like at Northwestern Mutual, they hold a ton of different events, right? Going out there, I was reading this book yesterday that just solely says, put yourself in situations where you can find business, if you're working from home as a real estate agent, you might be missing an opportunity. Maybe go work from Starbucks with your brokerage branded uh, hoodie or you know name tag or the brokerage branded um, uh, button up T-shirt, whatever that may be, so people can see it. Right? You, the easiest way for you guys to gain business and get your name out there is to be a walking billboard for yourself. Wear your name tag everywhere. I know I'm not wearing mine. Don't beat me up about it today. Um, but wear your name tag. Have your business cards on hand. Go to these events where you can meet people who are like-minded individuals of yourself, may not necessarily be in the business, but as long as you're getting your name out there, calling people and doing all that sort of stuff, grind, eat, sleep, repeat, baby, you'll get your name out there and you, you know, your chances of being successful in this business are much higher. So to make it easy, you know, just go to, go to marketing events. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy. So networking, that's, that's definitely a big one. Um, I would encourage you if you don't leverage social media um, to use that as well. Everybody's, you know, watching what's happening on social media. So video is huge. Um, just do real estate things. And whenever you're doing real estate stuff, just kind of, you know, talk about it, whether you're at an open house, whether you went to a lender seminar and you learned something about the first time homebuyer program or chaffa loans. Um, if you're, you know, networking with the military out on Fort Carson, if that's your niche, talk about that. If you're going to the Chamber of Commerce events, learn something about zoning or visited a builder, just tell the world about it. And then eventually what you're doing is you're just listing a house, selling it and tell the world about it. But until you get to that point, um, when you're experiencing the peaks and valleys or maybe just valleys searching for a little mountain peak when you're first starting out, um, leverage, you know, the power of video, the power of social media, um, learn how to speak, Toastmasters things, get out there and do things that are real, real uncomfortable for you. I think um, a huge one that Tyler mentioned was social media. There's some people out there who are really, really good at social media. I myself am not the best, but you see reels, you see TikToks, everyone's watching them right nowadays. You see this one that comes through about someone dancing, do, doing some hooky or some catchy dance or whatever it may be, right? And that, that goes viral. 
right? Imagine how many views you can get. There's a guy who I watched the other day. I sent it to Tyler, actually. He, he's a realtor in Denver. Tyler even knows a guy out in think Columbus or something like that who has got a pretty cool catchphrase. But he said his name is Skate with Nate, and he's a realtor. And every video he takes is him uh, getting on his skateboard. He's a terrible skateboarder. And he goes and, you know, does a ollie onto a rail, and he falls every single time and lands on his back right on the rail. But he's get like a million viewers per video, right? And it's just so cool to see that sort of stuff. You know, make a name for yourself out there doing something catchy or whatever it may be. Uh, social media is a, a huge one, a huge one. There's a ton of people in Springs who are doing it really well. I myself, I'd like to grow in that aspect this year too. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I like what you said about the kind of the skate with Nate thing. So just kind of be yourself, be authentic. You know, some people are going to enjoy things like chamber of commerce events where other people, you know, are high adventure, you know, risk taker skate people. I know some of the most successful agents I know are plugged in with different things, whether it's like softball or volleyball, figure out different groups that you're already a part of. Um, I think we were actually having this discussion right before this. We've got some folks at our brokerage who are plugged in with the rodeo and they're asking how we can get involved with that. So, I mean, figure out stuff you do in your day-to-day life, whether it's your kids' um, school events or whether you're out at a skate park grinding rails and be authentic and be you. (laughs) Don't try to be somebody you're not because at the end of the day, the fakeness is going to shine through and you're not going to be as successful as somebody who's willing to be themselves and be authentic and put it all out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, be yourself. That's a big one. There's a, I related to this. <clears throat> if you were a pilot, right, brand new pilot, and you're trying to figure out how to get this plane off the tarmac, and you're looking at this dock in front of you. This isn't, this isn't my uh, words, by the way. This is one of my great mentors who tells me this all the time. He says, if you're a brand new pilot, it's your first time flying a plane. You have no co-pilot with you. You're trying to figure it out. All you see is these switches, these buttons, these levers, these, you know, turny wheeled sort of deal sort of things, right? All you're doing, if you're in that position, you're going to flick a bunch of buttons. You're going to turn this one on. Does the propeller turn on? No. Okay. So I'm going to turn that one off and you're going to turn this one on. Oh, the engine came on. Great. I'm making progress, right? And so in this business, you're going to keep flipping switches. You're going to keep turning dials. You're going to keep moving this, this way until you have something, a product that's viable and it's working for you. And it may be one, two, three, four, five years, maybe one day, maybe a week that that process works for you. But in this business, which is great is you're always learning and advancing. And so you might have to turn this dial off because you sold 70 homes this year or however many homes it was, but it's not working for you come January 1, 2023. So you need to turn this switch on and all of a sudden the floodgate opens, right? And so it's, it's super cool. You're learning stuff. Uh, you're putting stuff into play, different things every single day. You're running into a new situation every day, um, and it's just all fun. Yeah, and then, you know, eventually you start building out systems and stuff like that. Um, I was at a seminar the other day, and they were talking about uh, a, one of the bigger teams and their number three uh, lead source that they converted on during COVID was open houses You know, in a year that they didn't have open houses. So um, at the end of the day, kind of tracking your people and following up with them, that's, that's where it's going to be. Continue those relationships, you know, do pop buys, keep following up with the people and make sure you're communicating in the way that they like. Um, there's three different kinds of communication that you're going to do with your clients typically uh, when you're not face to face. So phone, text, or email. And don't, everybody's got ways that they prefer, but I can't tell you, I mean, how many times I've had agents that we've hired where I'll call them and they won't answer and they'll text me right back. And I'm just like, (laughs) what are you, like half these people who are buying houses are going to be from a different generation where they don't even like to text. They like to call on the phone. So I can't even imagine. It's like, 
Or of the course landline. You're, yeah. Or the landline. Maybe. Yeah. Of course you're not going to find success if, you know, your clients want to talk on the phone and you're only going to text them. Like, d- communicate, meet your clients where they are, not where you want them to be. Follow-up's huge. What was that stat you gave me the other day, Tyler, about uh, um, how many... Your well, average I think consumer it's, it's, doesn't use... Yeah, 50% this. of salespeople don't even follow up more than once. And I think the average sale happens on somewhere between contact seven and nine. Yeah. Um, it, half half the sales agents don't even ask for the sale either, which is just crazy to me. And what was the other stat that you gave me that you said homeowners don't use the same agent what percent of time? Uh, I think it was somewhere around 80% we were talking about this. Don't even use the same real estate agent um, that they use the first time to buy a house. So... Once the transaction happens, typically the real estate agent, they don't contact these people again. Um, I've picked up lots of clients who have bought or sold before with a different agent and they're fine with that agent, but they just, you know, life happens and you go somewhere else. So you don't use that agent again. That's why it's a lot of the real successful ones are doing things like the quarterly pop buys, client appreciation events, um, sending them house anniversary cards, things like that. I mean, it's repeat and referral businesses, little things that get big results, tiny hinges, swing, big doors. And if you're not going to continue the relationship with your client, why are they going to call you again? I mean, if you think you're going to have somebody come into your open house, you're not going to get their information. You're going to have a nice conversation with them. Give them your card, shake their hand. They're going to walk away. Uh, If, you know, four out of five people don't even use the same realtor again that they used to buy a house. What is the chance that the prospect is going to call you and say, Hey, I I found one. I'm ready for it. It's, it's like 0%. (laughs) I mean, you have to be in charge of the communication, the follow-up. You're in charge of controlling the process. You're the professional. And if they want to call you, you should probably call them. You probably shouldn't send them a text message and say, Hey, Hey, you want to go look at houses yet? (laughs) So what you're saying is in very simple terms, fortune is in the follow-up. Absolutely. 100% of the time. um, If you're not going to follow up, you know, timid, timid salespeople have skinny kids um, at the end of the day. (laughs) Skinny kids. Since we're talking about fortune too, dude, one thing I want to talk about is uh, don't expect to have money right away, right? You see all these realtors out there that are living lavish. They're driving these Escalades, you know, according to Tyler, they got heavier kids, um, they're drawing all those cool things, right? They wear really nice jewelry, whatever that may be that they're personifying this, you know, uh, essentially how much money they make. Don't expect to come into this in day one, get your listing and then have three buyers right off the bat. That's not how this works. Uh, you have to put in the work, uh, good things happen to good people. And if you're putting in that work, then people are going to start to refer you out. If you're going to these YPN events, people all of a sudden, six months from now, the thing about marketing is it's never a day turnaround, right? Sure. There is some things out there. If you call your mom and she's like, Hey, I'm ready to buy a house. And you're like, great, let's go buy a house tomorrow. Right. That's, that's that one in every few is going to happen like that. But majority of them, you're going to reach out day one. They're going to tell you, no, I think Tyler said nine times before they finally tell you, yes, that's six months down the road that's your first listing or your first buyer before you're ever even making any money. So don't come into this in the first quarter thinking you're going to buy that, you know, that, uh, that Tesla model X that you've been wanting for, you know, five years and you expect to have it in two months. Don't come into that. Cause if you're not setting the right expectations for you right off the bat, then you're going to be, fa- they're going to be a failure and you're going to be one of those statistics that ultimately weeds you out of the business. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. You need X number of contacts to get X number of appointments, X number of appointments to get X number of sales. So you need to focus your time on income generating activities and make sure you're using the highest and best use of time. 
Um, you are your own boss. Nobody's telling you what to do. So you have to be honest with yourself about where you're spending your time in real estate. If you spend your morning, you know, an hour looking at the perfect motivational quote, taking a selfie of you at the gym, posting your motivational quote, and then in the evening, you're networking with other realtors who are also looking for business and don't have any business for you. And you're spending your time on bar stools in the evening. You're probably going to be out of this industry pretty quick. You need to be honest with yourself about how many contacts you're making and how many contacts you need to make to make those appointments. And then as you continue to do it, your conversion is going to get better and better. Yeah. All good stuff. The last thing I'm going to uh, say here. I don't know if Tyler's got anything else for you guys, but you know, one thing, uh, one of my favorite sayings of all time is dress the part. And then after that comes, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you'll play good. If you play good, they pay good. I like that. Is that, Kobe, that in mind. Kobe yeah. Bryant? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I came in here looking like this. You know, normally, uh, you know, I, I like to dress down a little bit further, but being in the real estate world, you got to put, dress the part. You can't sell a million and a half dollar house showing up in your, you know, your, uh, your slippers or your moccasins or your Crocs, whatever it is. At least I don't think you can, but I'm sure there's some guys out there. I'm sure Skatewind Nate would do that. So, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I'm the opposite. I think you dress for the job that you want, not the job you have. I've gone out and walked 48, 40 acre parcels in blizzards. And I had a guy who has referred me three other people and bought from me. And the first time I met him, he was making fun of me because I was wearing a full suit and dress shoes and a blizzard <laughs> walking this parcel. He was like, man, you're real committed to this, aren't you? <laughs> he loves me. Do, yeah. He comes to our client appreciation events, brings yeah. his whole family, sends all his family friends and tells everybody that story about the realtor who showed up in the blizzard with his dress shoes on. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're going to show up looking like a scrub, I mean, what do you, what do you expect you're going to yeah, get? For sure. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Preston, I, I appreciate you being here. This is our first podcast. I appreciate you guys listening in. If you've made it this far, um, content's going to be a little bit different every single um, one we do, but we hope that you're going to find some of it to be captivating and engaging. And uh, we're really excited to share with you a little bit about the stuff we learned on our journey. Um, hopefully it'll help you with yours. Later. <laughs>